This week's episode of Here's What I Don't Get is brought to you in part by the Tascam US1608, literally the worst piece of shit equipment that has ever possibly existed. Welcome back to Here's What I Don't Get from North to South, East to West, the only formerly conga line-based podcast to tackle all of life's toughest issues. I'm your host, Tim the Handlebreaker, and with me today, via satellite, it's Tab Burt. Welcome back, everybody. Big episode 291. Supposed to be live-streamed yeah. on uh, YouTube, but instead, uh, we got a really, really shitty um, Discord stream because my fucking mm-hmm. audio equipment sabotaged the entire... Um, structure of audio and video in my computer for some reason and let's be honest even if it hadn't and you had if even if you like took the exact same setup we've been using for three years or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh and moved it completely uh something would have gone wrong probably because that's how that's how uh equipment works yep if as soon as you move it it is now a problem yep so, so you have officially moved. I have not moved. I am currently homeless. Well, <laughs> uh, I am technically a hobo or sure. a vagrant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the job that you can't go uh, out trick or treating as anymore. Yeah. Um, no, but you're, you are working your, your, at your new job. Yeah. I did go ahead and I moved. I came up to St. Louis and uh, started my job and on Monday I decided rather than sitting around with my thumb in my ass packing more boxes, I would go ahead and just say, to hell with it, start, and I'll find some. It's going to be a lot easier. I think it would be a lot easier to find somewhere to live when I'm actually here and I can go look at places after work or drive around neighborhoods and see what stuff looks like versus being six hours away. You know, everything's kind of impossible. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's been cool. I got a... I got an office that's all mine. I don't have to share with any more fucking degenerates. It's got a window. Nice. The desk is uh-huh. too big for the office, but that's fine. <laughs> um, and yeah, so far it's uh, this this week is going to be like this week and next week are going to be a kind of a shit show. But then it uh, slows down to a slow pace for the rest of July. And then it's basically dead for about three weeks in August in early August and uh, until about mid-August, and then it kind of hits its normal pace. So, going to be a lot less hours. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, it's slow over here too. Uh, yeah, not a lot going on. No one wants to go outside because it's 105 degrees. Oh God! Thursday, I did a I did my last concert with uh, the band that I worked for in Tulsa, and it was it wasn't too bad until the sun went down and then the breeze stopped and it just became fucking miserable. Yeah. Weather's about the same here. Um, just way, way too hot. So, uh, what else have you had going on this week, Tim? Uh, let's see. Um, I picked up a few movies Mm. on, uh, on Blu-ray. I started thinking, you know, the past couple of years we've we've really lamented the 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 way streaming is going with you know everything moving to you know like either a single 
streaming service like Paramount, like you know, I'll start Trek going to Paramount Plus, um, or you know, stuff like James Bond, right? Would the entire James Bond catalog would like go on Amazon for two months and then leave for three months and then come back for a month and then leave for a month. And I decided, well, you know, if I have a movie that I love and I really like and that, you know, I've been watching through streaming or, you know, something I'm kind of interested in, I might as well just go ahead and get, go just start going physical. Like Blu-rays don't take up that much space. They, they usually come with, um, a digital code anyways. Yeah. So the digital will stay in my digital library. Yeah, I love that uh, digital code stuff. Yeah, they haven't started pulling digital movies from any of those services. And uh, I mean, with and and I like the way you can like cross link it. So you like, I have all all the movies yeah. that I own. They're on Vudu, but they're also on Amazon, but they're also on YouTube. So no matter what yep. platform you're looking at, you can like access those. Yeah. So um. So I got some movies. I, I have a, I have a, the stack here. Um, uh, I got the thing on 4K, uh, which just celebrated its. Uh, I think this year is its 40th anniversary. Yeah. Tomorrow yeah. Uh, we're recording uh, this on Tuesday the 21st. Uh, tomorrow the 22nd is Rhinestone Day. It is, or is it today? No, is it it's, 21st? it's tomorrow. It came out on the okay. 22nd. Gotcha. Um, so everyone remember to at least do it this week, right? Yeah. At least watch your, your watch it again this week. Um, I bought that new Batman movie sight unseen. That, that I can't believe like, that's the most ridiculous I know, thing I know. you told me. Yeah. 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 You, you found it ridiculous, but I figured like if I would have seen it at the movies, right. How much would that would, would that have cost me? Uh, twenty bucks. Yeah, I spent twenty bucks on this thing. So I guess I so, guess that's somewhat fair, but right. And if I and if for some reason I like it, I've got it. I didn't pay for the ones the one time viewing. So yeah, I picked up a uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, um, because that movie looks great. Um, and I got uh the witch. Because I haven't Is seen that with it Nicholas Cage. I've been wanting to see it. No, uh, it's a it's a J movie. Oh, uh-huh. it's a slow paced uh, horror thriller thing. Well, uh, but but I did go see a movie in theaters. Oh yeah, uh, I saw the new Top Gun. Yeah. Um, and I'll talk about that a little bit. I'll talk about it a little bit more later in my issue, but I will say that I enjoyed it. Uh, that's good. Cause I saw a movie in theaters. It might be the last movie I ever see in theaters and uh, I did not enjoy <laughs> it. And I'll be getting into that in really? my issue. Yeah. I have a, I have an inkling on what it is. Yeah. I, I think I texted you and trucking and tucking about five minutes into the movie with, uh, yeah. And I was like, oh no, this is so bad. This is so bad. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, well, uh, you ready to get into some issues, Tim? Yeah. Well, here's what I don't get unsatisfying endings. I went and saw Jurassic Park 6 
also known as Jurassic World 3, also known as Jurassic Park 3 2. The uh-huh. final countdown. Yes. And um, holy shit, was it terrible. It was, it might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Like on my five, five points of film commentary, criticism, pacing is a big one. The movie is two hours and 35 minutes long, which is way too fucking long. Um, For a movie about dinosaurs. Yeah. They, the characters, they introduce, they don't introduce any more characters. Um, They rely really, really heavily on Chris Pratt and a redheaded lady to be interesting Uh when they are not. Yeah. They Uh also, they also really heavily weigh on, um, on the legacy cast. Like the movie is so addicted to the legacy cast that they're almost caricatures because they are, they were all put in the same costumes that they're in the first movie. Like, um, they're wearing the same clothes. They're wearing the same clothes. Yeah. You know, they had Ian Malcolm in the third, in the first Jurassic world movie. I think it was in the second one too. And he had like the, yeah. the Jeff Goldblum's current look with the, you know, his beard and yeah. he's wearing like a sweater and stuff. Well, in this one, he's back to fucking Jurassic park, Ian Malcolm, black pants, tight black button up uh. shirt, leather jacket. He's wearing the big, thick framed, glasses with kind of the purplish tint in in the lenses like the only thing they didn't do is have him grow out a mullet um ellie sattler shows up (laughs) at the beginning of the movie and she's like literally wearing the fucking costume she's wearing in the original film and then like pink shirt and and khaki shorts and tied up with the the tank top yeah it's i mean it was ridiculous and uh and that doesn't even get into like the movie has this real bad problem. So it starts out with a, like a five minute sequence of a now this article, you know, video cool, I guess is what, what I'd call it. Like explaining what has happened in the four years since Jurassic park five, where now dinosaurs are everywhere because uh, the yeah, plot needs dinosaurs to be everywhere. <laughs> and um, they're like, yeah, the, the national guard came and rounded up most of the carnivores, but the, the herbivores are still out there. And they're like showing like a stegosaurus almost run a car off of a cliff. And it's, it's like, oh, yeah, cause that's not dangerous. Yeah. I don't think that those animals would be allowed to live at all. They never should have been no. taken off of their fucking volcano Island. The whole, the whole second movie is terrible, but this one, this one, uh, comes back at it with with all that so that that happens then we watch a sequence where um redhead lady is breaking into a like i think it's it's supposed to be like a cattle company but they're raising triceratops i assume for triceratops steak which sounds fucking incredible that sounds great and <laughs> uh and they like steal us triceratops out of the thing and she's with the two characters that got introduced in the last movie. And that sequence exists to write those two characters out of the rest of the movie. They're like, we're going to go get real jobs. And then they're not in the movie. Oh, anymore. like the, the young activist characters. Yes. And yeah. so that was, that was really bizarre. And then, so that, that kind of has nothing to do with anything. Then we restart the movie again, seeing Chris Pratt going out and like being a rant, like trying to catch duck-billed hadrosaurs with his like uh, cowboy rope. 
And then we restart the movie again when we go to the cabin and see that like redhead lady and the clone girl are like there and Chris Pratt, they've kind of made this family and they have family problems. And so the movie just like keeps restarting for the, for the first half hour until it gets to the actual start of the movie, which, which if the movie started this way, it would be incredible. You don't need to explain the dinosaurs are everywhere. You don't need to do any of that. So the, the real plot of the movie centers around two things. Number one, uh, Biosyn wants to kidnap the clone girl to like to experiment on her. And uh-huh. Ellie Sattler has discovered these giant locusts like the size of a football that are eating up the crops, but not the Biosyn crops. Like Biosyn released these locusts to destroy the com- competition, but now they're out of control and they're eating everything. And Biosyn is trying to like cover it up. Okay. And they're, and they're like, could Biosyn have released these? They have Cretaceous DNA in them. Like, are you fucking, of course, of course. (laughs) What else would, what else could this possibly be? But the sequence that starts this out is like, these two kids are walking out to their, they're on a farm in West Texas. They're walking out to feed the chickens and this giant locust like climbs up on their fence and, it's creepy. And then the whole field erupts and they're, they're like coming down and like descending upon these kids as they run into this barn. And then they're all, all the locusts are like banging on the doors and stuff. It'd be a great cold open to this movie. And then you find huh. Ellie, Ellie Sattler shows up and she's like, you got a live one. And then she goes and recruits, uh, Dr. Grant to work with her. And then we find out that Ian Malcolm's working for Biosyn and, and so that's really what the plot is, is them trying to get the evidence to prove that Biosyn did this. Um, and then everybody in the movie just acts stupidly to attain those goals. Like the villain is the most cartoonishly evil villain that there is. They try and give Wu a redemption arc. Like the whole thing, the whole thing is stupid. And it's supposed to be a close to this Jurassic World franchise, which has just been one worse movie after another. And then, but it's also trying to be like, a finale for the original films, um, which is uh, just not, nothing we actually needed. And and the number one thing that drove me nuts about this movie was the second they put Sattler and Grant in the same room, it was like, oh, uh, Grant has a, a thing for Sattler and they're going to get together. And fucking by the end of the movie, there's like a big fucking gone with the wind kiss. And it's just... Yeah. It's just like so completely unnecessary. I know that there are a lot of retards out there that like were shipping Grant and Sattler, but uh-huh. you can't have like two people who have the opposite sex who are out there having like a platonic relationship over the course of years. Everyone always has to get not. with one another. It's so fucking stupid. It adds nothing to the franchise. It adds nothing to the characters. All it does is is like kowtow to the lowest common denominator of watchers and all the while the movie is trying to like give this they really try to make this like ecological heartstrings metaphor for climate change bullshit the like thrust of these movies the entire time and none of it's working like the it's it's just so not beyond not good uh, yeah, you know that as soon as someone like Elon Musk or you know or even you know some other company is like, hey, we uh we kind of made a dinosaur. 
uh, everyone, it would be like the number one like thing in the news. And everybody's like, Jurassic Park is real. And they're like, yeah, so uh, we did we, we did some more testing and uh, we fully grew these dinosaurs. They're like they're like the dinosaurs used to be. And we're going to like open up an island theme park where you can go visit them. Yeah. You know that 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 park would be the most famous thing ever. Like it would be the most popular thing in the world. People will be like climbing over themselves to go to actual real world Jurassic Park, despite the movie repeatedly going like six different times hey don't do this yeah well we we've never learned from from our media uh and yeah i i didn't really want to see it it's like it wasn't like oh i gotta go to the movie theater see as we went and saw it for father's day as something to do with like the the family but Mm, I, i just and the first Jurassic world movie, it was bad, but in the moment, yeah. cause it was pretty well paced in the moment watching it. It was entertaining enough that you just kind of yes. let it all flash by you. The, yep. the, the second one was not well done. And this one, like I'm, it was so predictable. You were constantly knowing what was going to happen next. There was no, there were no surprises. It had nothing, new to say it had nothing interesting to say the characters weren't interesting it was just like a thing it just kept happening it was that was really that's that's one of the things with modern movies is even if it had some sort of twist or surprise it would have been part of the marketing because no one cares anymore Mm, yeah like that that has to be the draw of the movie now the way like you know the last spider-man movie that was the whole draw. Yeah. The, Aside, you know, bringing back the old Spider-Man because they spend, yeah, yeah, yeah. They spend $250 million marking these movies anyway. And they decide to put like, to like spoil the, all the six surprises of the movie as if that will get more people to come see the movie. I, yeah. I don't, I don't understand the logic that's in it and I don't understand I don't understand why they like so heavily leaned against the legacy characters and they don't really do much like Sattler and uh, Ian Malcolm does fuck all like for 90% of the movie. (laughs) And then he drives out and picks them them up. Yeah. Uh, Sattler and Grant like go into one bio lab and then they get on a train and then they walk through a cave and then they get into a pod like, and at no point, at no point is there, do you feel that there's a risk of like death? I, mean, I, the, the little girl gets kidnapped. And so Chris Pratt and redhead lady have to go rescue her. And like they, that's it. It's just an excuse for them to have these action scenes and the action scenes just have dinosaurs in them because it's a Jurassic park movie. It had, yeah, I found, I find that weird that like the, what you, the, the two main, like plot threads going on are human clone girl being kidnapped and then like uh environmental food shortage thing. Mm-hmm. And, and they're both, it's all, they're both all so obvious. The, like that's, that's the other part of it is that none, none of it, like you could do. And that's why the movie's so long is because you have to do both of these b- plots justice but neither one of them could hold the movie on their own. They can't really hold the movie 
combined together. And it's just, it was just a long slog. I, it just kept going. I think I went to the bathroom twice during it. And like I (laughs) I walked out of the theater, I walked back in and it's like nothing happened. You know, there are movies, there are movies that are so like tightly paced. You could easily cut 45 minutes out of this movie and make it better. I, you, they should have just gotten rid of the legacy characters. They didn't need them focused on wrapping up the Chris Pratt story and then, then go, you know, obviously there's going to be a, a new trilogy where, Oh, we opened up an Island, but this time it's, you know, going to be different. And then the dinosaurs get out. Like I, at this point I would rather watch a movie where they reopen Jurassic park for the third time. And this time it's called like uh Jurassic land and, or Cretaceous land. And then like this family goes and all these moments happen where the dinosaurs almost get out, but then all their safety pr- procedures they've implemented, like kick into place and keep everyone <laughs> safe and nobody dies. Like it would be so against the formulaic bullshit that it would almost, it would be like, it would be uh counterculturally funny. Yeah. Where you, you, you walk out of there and like, I oh, mean, I thought for sure that those velociraptors were going to get out and kill everyone, but didn't happen. I find it weird that they saved the third movie for the one where the dinosaurs get out into the world, considering it's called Jurassic World. Like they didn't call it Jurassic Park four in five and six, which that's what they are. But they called it Jurassic World. Where, but the first one was just a remake of Jurassic Park. Well, no. The, and the, the other thing one was, is, is the dinosaurs being out in the world is of no relevance or interest to the story at all. Like, the, the, the dinosaurs are out in the world. But this story is about me trying to get, get my family back, like a Harrison Ford film. Which amazes me because... Like, and, and there's they, so many interesting things you could do with the premise of like us having to live with dinosaurs around. And then the climax of the movie is like the threads, they're headed to this secret valley in Italy where Biosyn has been transporting all of the dinosaurs. So, like, it's literally just Jurassic Park exists. I mean, it's, it's Isla Sorna, <laughs> this is what they've created. Is and so they're just flying back over there. They in the now this they're like, yeah, the Biosyn went got all the diners, dinosaurs off of Isla Sorna. Like fucking why? <laughs> so yeah. the the you're you're in it's like an apple campus. They're in an apple campus in a valley that's surrounded by dinosaurs. So they basically just went to Jurassic Park a third time. Like it had it had nothing to do with the dinosaurs being in the world that it was, it was incidental. It wasn't even an inciting incident. It was just a, there was a cool visual where a, a patasaurus is like near a logging camp and they got to lead it away with a truck and the little girl sees that and she feels sad. And that's like a, that's a thing that happens in this film for some reason. And so you get to the end of it and just I now care even less about the characters from the original movies. And I still don't care about the characters from these movies. And it was supposed to have, it's just unsatisfying. Like you sit, you sit down and watch this. It's supposed to be the end of a, of a 
of a big franchise. And I felt the same way about no time to die. The James Bond movie where they kill James Bond. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, they put up a text that says James Bond will return. Like you killed him. That's it. You, you've tarnished the franchise forever. What do you, Oh, the, so the next one is, whereas there's always kind of been like, yeah, every James Bond new James Bond is a reboot, but there's kind of like a continuity that exists in the franchise. Daniel Craig's was obviously a reboot, but now whatever comes next has to be a reboot because now you're going to make a movie where James Bond isn't dead. Um, I just, you know, I, I realize it's hard to do a good ending, but there's so many things that just don't even try. They just shit. Uh, we need to do another Jurassic Park movie because the last one made a billion dollars. So we got to print out another billion dollars. But yep. this one's this one's going to be like a big tearful moment. This is going to have this big like conclusion to the series. Uh, and and so it does because with every single trope you can possibly imagine, because no, God forbid anybody have any fucking creativity. So, uh, anyway, that's my issue. Unsatisfying endings. Don't go see Jurassic park six. It's not good. Don't watch. Don't. uh, The only thing that these, the Jurassic world movies have done is make Jurassic park three look way better by comparison. (laughs) Which is funny because, you know, we call these, you know, the new trilogy and we call the other, the old one, the old trilogy, but the first three Jurassic Park movies are barely a trilogy. It's almost the first three Jurassic Park movies are like one movie with two sequels. Yeah. Two. Yeah. 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 Because it's, (laughs) uh, it's like when a video game decides to have a sequel where they split the party, they split all the main characters up, and so yeah. instead of like playing every other chapter as the other the other team, they want you to buy two different games, and you get you know perspective from each one. Yeah, like Pokemon Red and Blue. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. That, so that I mean that's where that's that's where you are as a as a franchise is just you have one good movie. Uh, like one classic and then you just have the milking wagon that's just been milking it to death. Uh, Terminator's the same way, except Terminator, they're at least smart enough not to try and have the movie be like, we're going to finally wrap up the story and like get back to the fucking war with Skynet or something. They just, they, they somehow Skynet's back. Somehow it's, Skynet's yeah, every, back. Every new one is just somehow it's back so we can make another one. We got to tell the story again. It's, same fucking stupid story that's been told a million times. Uh, I mean, those are bad too, just for a different reason. So, yeah. well, Tim, what's your first issue this week? Here's what I don't get. Fake movies. The reason Jurassic World, what's this one called? Um, the Final Countdown. Yeah, the reason Jurassic World, The Final Countdown sucks is because it's not a movie. No, it's a fake movie. It's something disguised as a movie. Um, it's lights and sounds and sure there's, you know, there was a set there, there are sets and they filmed actors, um, uh, you know, saying lines that were written by someone, you know, uh, and there's a makeup crew and a lighting crew and a camera crew, sound crew and a director, and all this stuff, it spent. They spent millions and millions of dollars on it, uh, 
but it's not a movie. A movie has uh like character and plot and pacing and visuals Design. design. Like there there are certain things that like I don't want to get too heady about it, but you know, I went to film school for college for a reason. It's because I loved it as I love it as as an art form. Um and I, I you know, I'm not he- I'm not super heady about art, you know. I you know art can be whatever it is. You're not but you're not like, one to is, say uh all movies have to be like great films and art pieces. You'll, no, you can also you know, appreciate you know, schlock, schlock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's an art form in and of itself, right? Yeah. There's good schlock and there's bad schlock. Um, people that, you know, usually people that try to make schlock um, as schlock fail because the part of the art of schlock is it not trying to be schlock. Um, but yeah, like, the, all these movies these days, you know, you, I think the Marvel movies are, they're just behind the curve of turning into, um, fake movies. So I saw Top Gun Maverick and it's, it was a real movie. It was amazing. Yeah. It it had, you know, and I'm not a, and I'm not a big fan of the first movie. I don't even really like it. Um, but my brother was in town and we're like, Hey, let's go see a movie. We've, we we can either go see Jurassic park or top gun. And it was like, let's go see top gun. Cause I knew Jurassic park was just going to be a, a, a nothing. Um, but yeah, top gun has like, it has artistry to it. And even, even as a summer blockbuster, um, action movie, um, it has, you know, a cohesive plot. Like, you're talking about all these threads in Jurassic World uh, Final Countdown because there's so many characters um, and they all have to have screen time and there's, there's you know, all these different plot threads going on. Like, you know, Top Gun, there's a whole class of, you know, uh, pilots of Top Gun, but they don't each need, you know, their own 15-minute intro in the movie. These are not these are characters that are on par with the complexity of the characters in the Jurassic park movies. You know, they're not super deep characters. They have uh, like, they barely have motivations. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're the ones that have the more motivations, get more lines, you know, that's how it works. But like, if you were to ask anyone what top gun Maverick is about, it's about Maverick coming back to teach top gun to, to, uh, fly like a almost suicide mission. And like the last 30 minutes of the movie are them attempting the mission. Ah, and it's all shot in airplanes. Crazy. Yeah. That's it. That's another aspect I'm, of that. Like I haven't not seen it. The thing that makes sure, that, sure. that, more that, of that a is real a movie. huge aspect of it. Like it, it, it helps ground you. Like we've talked about this before, like in Pacific Rim versus Godzilla versus King Kong, right? Pacific Rim, like there's a lot of digital camera shots of Pacific Rim, but they're placed in actual physical places where a camera guy would be. They're not doing 360 loop de loops, you know, above ships in water where like you're like clearly that can't happen, which takes you out of that. And they're they're both they're both CGI movies about big giant 
uh, monsters fighting. Yeah. But one of them is just so much more grounded and, and, and it, it doesn't make you feel like you're watching CG objects on a screen. Um, and Top Gun Maverick just, you know, most of the stunts, I, I would say 95% of the airplane stuff is in cockpit, in planes, in the air. Yeah. The way that you used to, I mean, that's like the stuff that inspired Star Wars, the dogfighting in Star Wars, where you have the camera right there in front of the pilot and you see this stuff over their head. Yeah. I, because and that was the way you when, filmed like they're hitting, an air battle yeah. in the 50s, 40s and 50s. Yep. Yep, you can tell when those actors are hitting G's in a turn. Yeah. Um and it 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 keeps it grounded. Speaking um, of, of real This would have been so much <laughs> This would have been such a terrible movie if everyone was in like um conceptual sci-fi fighter planes like from Independence Day Resurgence, mm. the alien airplanes, you know. Yeah. Everyone was in like super like super high-tech airplanes that could do like VTOL takeoffs and had lasers and stuff. That it would be a such such a terrible movie if they would have taken that route. Well, speaking of real movies, uh I watched uh Jumanji, the next level, not the next level. That's the Jumanji whatever the first reboot welcome, welcome to the jungle. welcome to the jungle and i just put it on as something to watch and then i what i was astounded by was that it was a real movie there was a, yeah. a cohesive plot the characters had arcs the characters had traits they pursued goals they like learned things about one another like uh, jack black is playing a self-obsessed teenage girl and at one point in the movie she sacrifices one of her lives to save another character. And that was against the type that she was at the beginning of the film. And I'm like, Oh my God, they've had this little arc. That's, that's something that happens in real movies, not in, in fake movies. Like there's no, the care, none of the characters in Jurassic park, the final countdown have any arcs. Nobody learns anything. They're not. Yeah. And, and I go so far as to say none of those characters have learned anything in any of those movies, like sure. The redheaded lady learned to like that dinosaurs aren't, um, just property or whatever, but that's almost, it's the, it's so surface level. Like she didn't have any change. She just went from being like this dedicated businesswoman who's all about business to being this like dedicated environmentalist who's all about environmentalism. It's the same thing. It's just a different, it's just a less, grotesque direction uh yeah they got rid of any they got rid of the characters that could have like forced change in her her like her nephews that were in the first movie yeah didn't show up in the other movies and or the activists i guess they have an arc in that they went from being activists to just being like i just want to get a real job please for the love of god <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's i it's just um you know we grandma's boy that was it's a piece. It, yeah. It's, it's amazing how low the stakes are. Right. But that's a movie that where they have a plot and they have characters and they set things up and they pay them off. And the Jurassic park, the final countdown, they, they didn't set anything up in the big, be- in the beginning of the movie to pay off. Like it was just, it was just thing after thing after thing. There's, again back to jumanji at one point before we really like get into the inciting incident they're they're poking around in the storage room and 
one of the guys is like, hey, why do they have a bowling ball back here? It's just like, oh, he just found a bowling ball. But then at the end of the movie, they use the bowling ball to destroy the video game system. And it's fine that they did that because they established the bowling ball earlier in the film. It's such a simple thing to do. Whereas... Yeah, you know what? (laughs) Good. Whereas in Jurassic World uh, Dominion, that's what this one's called, Jurassic World Dominion. uh, Ah. In this one like the closest they come is they're like, yeah, um, we got a T-Rex here. And then the T-Rex fights the other dinosaur that's big and scary. That also looks like a T-Rex. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I I was thinking, I just watched, um, a documentary called, um, three perfect strangers. Uh, and it's about these guys in, uh, the eighties who find out, that they were all, they all had the same birthday. They were all adopted into different families from the same agency. They're, they were triplets separated at birth. That's why they find each other. They find each other when they're like 19. Um, and it's not like the best documentary in the world. I wouldn't like go out and like praise it's artistry or, you know, I wouldn't sing his praises um, to everyone. It's a, it's a fine documentary. It's, you know, it's an hour and a half and it's about these brothers and their lives. But even in this like pretty run of the mill documentary, there's set up and payoff. And this is, you know, it's talking heads, talking, it's heads talking to the camera, you know, the, the, them now, and it's archival photos and footage of them you know, from years ago and narration, but that it's, it's the most, it's the pretty much the simplest thing you can do to make a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Some visuals, you know, the, the most limited visuals and a story, um, over visuals. Um, and there's setups and payoffs and I don't know how they can do it in a, you know, documentary about a fairly like, like there's no, uh, big shootout. There's no huge, uh, there's no bombing. There's no huge event that this turns out to be about other than these three brothers and how they grow up, but they do it. There's setups and payoffs. And I don't understand how they can, how movies like big movies can't do that these days. Yeah. I don't other understand than, that either. Other than like, you know, IP is King. People will see this anyways. The, even the big movies like Sonic, we went and saw Sonic two. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's a fake movie. There's, it, it's just yeah. a way to get people to watch this video game character. Yeah. Like, 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 like what's the plot of that movie? A movie we saw what three months ago. Yeah. Um, they trying to find a chaos Emerald because it's in Sonic games. But I, it's the whole thing is frustrating as someone who's a fan of movies to just, Mm. to just see this, the, these like run of the mill schlock, nothing happened. Then they make a billion dollars. So of course Hollywood goes, well, we need to make more of these. Uh, we need to keep casting Chris Pratt in movies because he is, (laughs) you know, he's in 
Guardians of the Galaxy, which is huge. He was in the Lego movie, which is huge. He was in uh, the Jurassic World movie that was huge. I mean, I think in the the year that those three movies came out, he had three Lego minifigures based on his likeness. Uh, amazing. Uh, and so they just, uh, well, he's going to be Mario and we're going to like focus on the guardians of the galaxy more because he's, he's like lovable and, um, there's no risk. There's no, no one's telling a story that's different from anything. Um, and it happens to everyone like tenant tenants, a fake movie. It was, (laughs) it was just a way to make like, to demo it, real th- weird film techniques. Yes. Yes. I, 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 every time I think about Tenet, I, I only think about like Christopher Nolan, right. With his proper British self, like sitting down at a computer and being like, Oh, what's this with the little, uh, the little re- reverse button in final cut pro. And he clicks it <laughs> and his stuff starts playing in reverse. And he goes, Oh my God, I can make a whole movie about this. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's just getting to be too much, you know? Yeah. I, it's so much more satisfying to, I, I, and I don't, I don't understand how the average consumer can just like Jurassic world, uh, five has six has, it has a positive rating. Like I don't see how anyone could sit through two and a half hours of that movie and go like, yeah, that what, was well done. Yeah. Um, no way. I, I'm I'm 90% sure it's got positive reviews. It's th- like uh, Jurassic World Dominion is a 38 Metascore 5.7 user score. Mm. 5.7 user score. 5.7 user score. Those are the people that are going to see things. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. Uh, the dinosaurs uh, dinosaured it up and, uh, you know, the characters from the original movie were in it. I remember the original movie. Like we really turned into the joke of the nerd crew, like oh, uh, mm-hmm. and and they advertised that so heavily, and they played the old theme, and they're just they kind of emotionally emotionally manipulate you into thinking that you saw something that was better than it is, and I guess maybe it's because you and I are smarter than the average consumer. We know more about like what goes into making uh, this happen, and we understand the fundamentals of not not just film. Like it's one thing to go, oh, you know, Tim, you majored in in a film in college, and I majored in theater, so like we understand how this stuff works. These are fun; they are failing at fun the fundamentals of storytelling. Yeah, like yeah. you, you need to have a ca- a character that is interesting and has like strengths and weaknesses and. You know the, those things. That's a that's a great Jumanji. The, the Welcome to the Jungle. They're they literally they show their strengths and weaknesses and like um, the red in a graphic. Yeah, in a graphic. The redhead lady is a, is allergic to poison. The Kevin Hart's allergic to cake. Um, but then the Rock he turns his on and he's like, I have no weaknesses. But he his like video game character has no weaknesses. But his. Uh-huh the character himself, like the actual kid is so filled with like anxiety and nervousness and, and like, that's the balance that's there. And that's a real movie. That's a, that's a real character. That's someone that you can understand. Um, they do it with villains too. Like they just make in, in Jurassic park six, the, the villain is just an evil villain because they need to have one in the movie. Hey, he, 
he just does evil to do evil basically. And he, they tied it to a legacy character at the same time. And right. Yeah. And then they did, they, they made it Dodgson, who, but not the same actor, the, the guy that gives Dennis Nedry, the can of Barbasol that, that, because that. that's a because remember that thing happened. Remember Dodgson, that Re- famous line. Remember the meme. See, nobody yeah. cares. Uh, that's what these movies are now, man. They're, they're, they're moving, they're moving memes and the people keep gobbling them up. Um, yeah, and just characters with no motivation, plots with no setup and payoff. It, you're you're not telling a story. That's what you're supposed to be doing when you're making a movie is telling a story, and they can't do that. And then, but the, this cycle of people just being like, "Yeah, I like uh, dinosaurs and flashing colors and loud noises." I'm sure if I went on to Tony from Hack the Movies Discord, there are people telling talking about how like <laughs> they'll, I I swear to God the the reviews of this movie on Tony's Discord will be like it wasn't it wasn't uh, great, but I did enjoy it um, because I had legacy characters, and it's just yeah, you guys are all retarded. Yeah, that's who these movies are for. They're for people that think a review is just someone telling you what happens in the movie. <laughs> Of course, yeah. The average hack the movie viewers versus the Chad. Here's what I don't get, listeners. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, oh, that's a great issue, Tim. I'm also tired of the fake movies. So uh, that you. that brings us to the middle of our episode, which means it's time for this episode is brought to you in part by the Ricada News Network. Definitely not fake news. Well, Tim, what news do we have today? Uh, our first news comes to us from the place that is taking all of our money uh china the U- the ukraine no china just said the other day they're like uh we're not gonna do we're not gonna involve ourselves with the u.s anymore because uh, anything we might do might le- continue to lead to their downfall no this is from ukraine apparently uh so you know we're sending all this all these weapons and this money to ukraine but uh Apparently, the people that are packaging the boxes that the stuff comes in aren't doing a very good job because um, apparently the Javelin missile launchers um, that they are being shipped are missing instruction cards that have a phone support number um, that they need to call to like tell them how to fix the Javelins when they break. Aren't they just selling them on the black market anyway? Probably. Yeah. But um, uh, aside from the fact that they even have to like the they've had to cannibalize like small electronics like like PS4 controllers and stuff um, and then like do like terrible Google translations of uh, the instruction manuals that are all in English uh, to be able to even like fix these things. Um, they're all supposed to come with a card that has a toll-free number um, that they're supposed to call if the weapons malfunction or otherwise require repair so that, you know, some guy, some engineer can tell you, you know, how to fix this missile launcher. Um, 1-800-58-JAVELIN. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, how the, that's what they should have done. They should have, like, made, like, a fancy jingle. Uh, Just spray paint on the side of the fucking thing. <laughs> um, my favorite thing is that there is a toll-free hotline that uh, you call 
<laughs> to fix your missile launcher <laughs> with with just random parts that are lying around you. I, yeah, yeah. Yes, hello. Okay, I'm, you're I'm, gonna need. A <laughs> I'm under fire in this war zone, and my javelin missile launcher is not going on, off. Uh, have you tried turning it off and on again? <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're you're gonna need five paper clips, um, a Game Boy Advance cartridge, and a roll of duct tape if you have that. Oh, I got a Game Boy Advance cartridge, but it's only Pokemon Yellow. It's very collectible. I can't sacrifice it. <laughs> You're under fire, man. Uh, you gotta uh, suck it up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, our next news story comes to us from um, across the pond, our favorite place. Uh, a man who was arrested for stealing a sausage roll from a local chain there called Greg's um, killed himself in 2017. Um, and there was an inquest into uh, what exactly happened. And they just finished it. And they found out that he killed himself because the police messed up. Uh, apparently he did steal the sausage roll, but uh, when he was, um, let out of custody the papers that the police filled out instead of saying that he stole a sausage roll um they said he was suspected of inciting sexual relations with a 13 year old girl oh no so when he got home and gave the papers to his girlfriend uh not knowing what they put um she thought that he was a pedophile and told everyone they knew Oh, this is why uh, you should never give women any kind of news. <laughs> um, he was then subjected to verbal and physical abuse. His home was attacked many times, which only exacerbated the problem because he reported the threats and assaults to the police. But the frequent um, visits by police to his house only fueled the suspicions about. Him. Oh, my God. Um. Apparently he turned to drinking and drugs. Uh, the, the toxicology report found uh, a lot of alcohol in his system with traces of cocaine and anti-anxiety drugs and sleeping pills. Uh, so yeah, he, uh, he killed himself because the police wrote something down wrong. Uh, yeah. I mean, what the more pedophiles should take his example. That's what I'm going to say. Yes. Yeah. Um, they won't, but the, they should. Unfortunately, you know, this guy killed himself instead of a pedophile. I can't believe that kind of fuck up clerical error. How does that even like how like how fucking stupid do you have to be to you know you're like clacking clickety clacking away your port up? Uh, yeah, sausage roll control F sausage roll child molester, <laughs> right? <sighs> Dipshits, and I, you know, I assume he. And what the fuck is the deal with the girlfriend telling everyone? Fucking keep it to yourself. Yeah, I don't know. Huh. Well, our next news story comes to us from Montreal, the most loveliest place in the world, if the internet is to be uh, trusted. Um, the SAAQ, which is the... I'm going to butcher this because it's French and it deserves to be butchered. Society de l'assurance automobile du Quebec. Um, 
is developing and releasing ads promoting um, anti-driving while stoned. Uh, apparently, that's a big problem now that um, marijuana is becoming more legal in places. Um, God forbid people, uh, um, you know, do smoke something a little green legal. on the way to work. Yeah. Um, and the way they are re- promoting um, this these ads are with potato chips. Uh, apparently they had, they went to, you know, some potato chip place and said, Hey, can you make us car crash flavored potato chips? And they said, sure. (laughs) So, uh, they, they, they're actual potato chips and they, they're actually flavored with, uh, blood asphalt and metal. Uh, that's, ba- they that's use exactly these, what I would have guessed. Yeah. <laughs> they use these to, uh, when they, you know, talk about, talk about this, um, at colleges and stuff, they, they give you these potato chips, what, uh, what if, which is kind of a, it's kind of a, like a weird way of going about this. Right. Because like you've got students at, at college, like smoking weed and they're like, Hey, free potato chips. Uh, and they eat the chips and they're like, oh, these chips are disgusting. Oh, they're car crash flavored. I guess I shouldn't smoke and drive. Well, what if, what if the chips are like, what if they're good? What if they're good? Yeah. You yeah. open up, That's and, up the thing. And, you're, and you're like, oh my God, this is, Hey, are you going to, are you going to eat your car crash chips? <laughs> hey, can, I, like get, movie, can I get uh, some more car crash chips, please? You know, take home. <laughs> it's the movie. It's like that movie drive. Uh, not the one with Ryan Gosling, the, um, the other one, the one from, yeah, the other one, it, it is drive, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The one where, uh, people get off on like car crashes, mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's crash. Um, yeah, crash. That was the movie. Um, like James Spader's in it. Yeah. Uh, it's a Cronenberg movie and these people, uh, they're called, um, symphorophiliacs. They get aroused by car crashes. Uh, that is a creepy thing to do. I bet there's going to be, there's going to be a heist one day. One day there's going to be a heist of these car crash flavored potato chips by these people that are get horny off of car crashes. Break into uh, Lay's and steal them all, man. And that's let me, let me tell you that sounds like a not fake movie. The uh, Canada gets all the good chips. They have the ruffles all dressed, and now they have car crash all dressed. Chips. Oh, all dressed are so good. Bullshit, man. And it's not like we can't do all dressed. Like all dressed is just like throw all the flavors together. Yeah. Uh, they're holding out on us. They're punishing us for having uh, better health care. Yeah. Well, uh, I've got one last news story. Uh, this is from Hollywood. Um, a actor named Ryan Grantham, who starred in Riverdale and the Diary of a Wimpy Kid movie, uh, just pled guilty to second degree murder um, for the murder of his mother. Uh, he's 24. Uh, he he uh, admitted to rehearsing the murder and filming himself doing it. He also filming filmed himself like a, doing uh, the murder or filming himself. Yeah. Okay. Practicing. Yeah, the murder. He also filmed himself afterwards confessing to the crime. 
Um, <laughs> the thing, though, is that he was planning a second murder. Okay. Also of his mom? Get killer twice? No. <laughs> he had plans to kill Justin Trudeau. Oh, no. He had three guns prepared, a bunch of ammo, Molotov cocktails. He had camping supplies and printed directions to his house. That's how far he was. He was in, in this plan. Uh, he had already hit print. He was committed. <laughs> <laughs> Mapquest.com uh, forward slash Trudeau. Yep. He was going to do it. And then he turned himself in because he felt so bad that he killed his mom. Oh, damn it, man. At least go out in a blaze <laughs> of glory. Fucking. He'd be like a national hero. Yeah. The guy that's slain uh, Justin Trudeau. I think, I well, think that's if you the kill the prime minister, like in Canada and in, in any country, the prime minister, you, you legally you become, become the prime yeah. minister. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how it works. I'm pretty sure. No. Uh, well, this has been. It's the Yankee Donuts Network. It's the Rainy Well, it takes care of our legal obligations this week, Tim, but you know what it doesn't take care of? What? Uh, directions to Joe Biden's house. So if you want to help us with that project, you can visit us <laughs> at patreon.com forward slash HWIDG, which stands for. Here's what I don't get. Which is the name of the show. And over there, we have five tiers. We have the one buck tier, which gets your access to each week's episode, plus our monthly minisodes. We have our $2 tier. We throw random bits and bobs. We do now and again. We have our $5 tier. We do our monthly bonus episodes. Here's what I do get where we drop the hate and talk about what's great. We have our $10 tier where you, the fans, submit a film. You vote on what film we watch it, and we sit down and watch it, record a feature in the commentary. And then we have our $50 spite producer tier where you get a say in the show. Like last week, we had Andy on as a guest. And, uh, that was a lot of fun. That was by a spite producer request. Yeah. So um, get, thank you to all our patrons, big and small, for um, helping us out. We really, really do appreciate it. It helps make the show possible. But uh, let's get back to some issues, Tim. Here's what I don't get. Parking. I don't understand why parking is such a racket. Everywhere you go, you're having to pay to park in all these like surface lots and whatnot. $5, $10, event parking, $20, $50. But um, what I really don't get about parking is that I had to pay for parking, my parking permit for my new job yesterday. And um, I'm getting paid by these people to work there. But then I have to yeah. pay them so I can uh-huh. park my car so that I can work there. And do you know yeah. what it costs a year to pay to park here, Tim? Uh, let's see. I'm going to go ahead and guess a thousand dollars. You are over, but not by much. It is just under $900. Wow. Yeah. Uh, wow. absolutely incredible. Like, does someone come out and blow me after I park every day? $900 a year. Um, you know, that's, that's like almost a month's rent or mortgage payment or several car payments. Like the, the expense, that level of expense is to me extraordinary. It's obscene. Yeah. I, I get charging, people who are coming there not 
being paid to do so. Yeah, visitors. For, for parking. Yeah. But as an employee, my parking should be gratis. Yes. <laughs> and and it's not just like this is this is the inciting incident. Uh this uh, massive expenditure that I did not see uh coming, but the like there's no other option. It's not so when I was in college, you my college, they just sold parking permits. They weren't to any specific uh-huh. lot and there were there wasn't a cap on them. So if there were 500 yeah. spots on campus, they would sell 5,000 parking permits. And then if you can't find a parking space, fuck you. And if you don't have a permit, fuck you. But um, there were, there were street, you could park on streets adjacent to campus. Um, there were two churches that were nearby. One was, was free parking and one, they charged $3 a day. And I ended up figuring out that they were making somewhere in North of $50,000 a month tax free off of this Holy parking lot. Wow. $3 a day, and there were usually about 150 cars in their lot. So, you know, you do the math. Uh, the uh, Maybe it wasn't $50,000. It was it was a lot they were making because then they were paying someone to be there full time from like 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. I mean, it, it was plus game days. Like, And then game days, they're charging 50 bucks a pop to park mm-hmm. there. But... Um, so, you know, there were ways to not have to pay to park on this campus where I am now. There's nowhere to park nowhere even fucking close to where I work. So it's this or nothing. Like, I guess I could ride the bus. Yeah. <laughs> you can't even park, you know, a mile away. Yeah. Um, and then walk. So, so that's pretty annoying, but I, you know, all this fucking paid parking, I, I don't know what there's, there's a solution, a way to like, oh, we, you know, we have a parking lot. We need to make some money out of it, but it just, it just grows to excess. Like in downtown Tulsa, you have to pay to park, um, everywhere, everywhere on the streets. And Oklahoma is proud of the fact that we're the first place that ever had a parking meter. Like, no, we ruined the planet with this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the, Street parking, they, you know, used to used to park in a meter. That's the other thing is they keep advancing technology in the ways they can fuck you. So you used to park in a meter. Yeah. You parked in a space. There was a meter right there. You put coins in the meter and then you and the little thing popped up and you were good. And then they invented meters where you could swipe your credit card. And, and that was kind of neat. But now they don't even have a meter at every space because what was what would happen is you know, I would pull out of the spot and I still had five minutes on the meter and then you pull in and you're only going to run inside somewhere. Well, you got free parking on my nickel and I don't care. That's, you know, pay it forward. But they're like, well, we can't allow this shit to happen. So they started these kiosks where you have to punch in your license plate. You pay for the time you park, you you pay for time. And if you don't use it all, fuck you, you don't get it back. It's tied to your car. You can't be like, Hey, I pulled away. Give me mine give me my money back. No, nope, no, nope. you, you already gave us your nickel. It's the same way that you would, if you would overpay at the meter, only this time someone else doesn't benefit from you inadvertently paying too much. Yeah. Um, and then they're, they'll go, Oh, well you can pay on our website, but there's an additional convenience fee for, for that. Uh, and these, these kiosks in, in Tulsa, I got a ticket once for parking without paying because the kiosk was bad. And when I went in and contested it, they <laughs> you were, couldn't pay. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't pay. And they're like, well, you could download the app and put do it on your phone. I'm like, 
what's to say I, di- I didn't leave my phone at home that day or I was coming downtown to get and my why phone. why is the onus on you? Yeah, what, why is the onus on me to need to do that thing? You should make the fucking kiosk work. Like, well, there's a kiosk, you know, a, two blocks away. Like, I wasn't going in two blocks away to pay for parking. Fucking fix, if the kiosk doesn't work, the meters don't get fucking fed. And they just That's like saying accepted it. If, like, if, like, imagine the same situation, but there's no kiosk. Like there, there, there is no kiosk. Just a sign that says "Download the city parking app." That's what they want. Pay there. That's what they. That's want. what they want. Yeah. And they, and they could say they could say the same thing. Like, oh, I just, I thought it was free parking here. I didn't see the sign. And they'll well, be like, "Well, you still owe us." Well, that's the other. And thing. Then what happens when someone? What happens when someone steals that sign? And you, you park, and you're like, ah, I guess this must be free parking here. And then you get the notice, right? Yeah. They're gonna say the same thing every time. That's the other thing is with the, the apps is that. The meters, you fed the meter, a city employee came and emptied the meter and took the money to the city coffers, and theoretically, your city doesn't spend it on useless trash. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, what, in reality is that now with the app, there's some company that makes money across the country by of course there is. They, you know, charging you $5 to park for an hour and then giving the city three dollars it was more money than they were getting in coinage and they get two dollars for doing basically nothing being a payment processor uh and the only way the city really directly gets that money is if you don't pay and then they ticket you so they're even more incentivized to ticket because they get more money out of it it's it's such a fucked up system it's a scam it it is (laughs) and they they're just Everybody just kind of goes along with it. Um, the The lot that I used to park in downtown, it was $5 a day, $4 if you got there before 8.30 a.m. And then one day their kiosk stopped working, and so I didn't pay. And then the next, and then I didn't go downtown for a month or two. I came downtown, and that same sign was still on the kiosk. You need to go on our website and pay. Like, I'm not fucking going on your website and paying, because number one, the website's a dollar more expensive. And number two... On the website, you don't get the before 8.30 a.m. discount that you do at the kiosk. Fix the fucking kiosk. Uh, you know, they, I, I see places like Baltimore's airport has this system, right, where they there are like sensors above every parking space and they turn red if there's a car in the space and they turn green if there's no car in the space. And on the end of every... Uh, row there's a signage that says if there's any free spaces in this row so instead of circling around and circling around circling around looking for a space you drive and you're like ah level three has you know 17 spaces i'm gonna go up to level three boom you're parked you're out of the car you're gone that's like they're trying to make the parking experience better by not having you hunt um so okay, yeah, we charged five dollars for you to park in this lot. Like, yeah, I kind of get it because you're you're really doing a service. But uh-huh. most places, it's just like the guy's not counting; he's just no. taking tickets. Um, when I worked for the, the company that I worked for in downtown Tulsa, we had our own. We were provided with parking permits for the for a lot that was near the building, and um we called the parking enforcement people Nazis because they would like harass us, even though we had monthly parking. Like I, 
they would not clear one of the entrances of cones at night. So then the next morning you'd pull up and it'd be covered in cones and you had to get out of your car and move the cones. So one day I get there, the cones are up. I assume they left them up overnight. I move the cones. I get parked. I'm like getting out of my car and this woman comes charging up to me. And is like, don't you ever move those cones? You and like chew me out and tell me I have to pay her. And I'm like, bitch, I got monthly parking. You can go get every inch of fucked. <laughs> uh, and so then she's, she's, telling me I can't park the way that I've parked because I was hanging. I had parked in a dead area so that my car was half in my spot and half in an area where no car could ever feasibly park. And Uh she didn't like that. She said they would ticket me for, for miss parking. I was like, I'm not parking on across two parking spaces. I'm parking across a parking space and a little bit of area that is blocked off with posts. Like I was just parked really close to the posts and it's like, who are, who are you serving here? What do you get? You get paid 10 bucks an hour to just fucking come and chew out, chew, chew me out for parking somewhere in a way that doesn't please you in an area that not even a motorcycle could park in feasibly. Just fucking fuck off and mind your own business. Yeah. And like you said, the, the you said in Baltimore, you know, they're doing you a service. Like when was the last time when you were back here that you saw a well-managed parking lot. Oh, never. It's always, you know, these places they'll, they'll throw up a sign event parking $20. Cause they're right across. They're right across the yep. street from, you know, the BOK center or the PAC or, you know, Mayfest, And, and they've just got a guy out there with a bucket and he's like, yeah, parking's $5. I'm like, all right, here's a 10. He's like, Oh, man, I don't have any change, you know, or, and they give you some little ticket to put this in your, in your window. You know, it's just someone scalping off a few bucks that they can for something. Obviously it's theirs. They have a right to it, but they're just, uh, it's just not worth it. So when I was a kid, we lived in, um, we lived in a neighborhood that was across from the fairgrounds and there was, no parking on one side of the road during events. And it happened to be our side of the road. Um, our house was on the corner and our side of the road on both streets was no parking during events. So the fair would come around. It's a two week long event and we couldn't park in front of our own house or have people park in front of our own house. So if can't get in the driveway for whatever reason, the, we were oftentimes hunting and having to park, you know, half a block away because everybody's fucking parking there for the fair and everybody who parks on the street that lived in the neighborhood already, they have to move to the other side of the street, which is, it was just irritating. And I was like, why are we being punished for like, you know, we live here. We, the car is registered to yeah. this address. When you come up to write the ticket and you run the tag and it pops up, you know, 1755 West 4th street and you're standing in front of 1755 West 4th street. Why don't you fuck right off? Now you come up and you scan a tag and it belongs to something that's way different. You know, 8736 South West Avenue. It's like, ah, oh, that guy's not from this side of town. Write that guy a ticket. Why don't they just like print up a bunch of stickers that say residential parking? And get and like give each house four of them. And that's what some people. That's what some places do. But then they'd be like, "Well, you're gonna have to pay us for the sticker, and also you're gonna, you know, you might give it to a friend of yours or whatever." Um, 
I've lived in apartments where it's like, yeah, parking's free, but if you have more than one vehicle, um, you're going to have to pay more. So like if you have a motorcycle, suddenly you have to pay for a second space and then, (laughs) and then you go and look out at your parking lot and it's like 80% empty. that, That apartment that I used to live in there, there were, there was nobody there. Um, I, I always, there were like four or five spots right in front of our doors and those were always full. But then there was an across the parking lot area that was almost always empty. And my always, sister yeah. went out of town and she just needed somewhere to put her car. And so I had her park in my lot because it was a gated apartment complex and it was parked right where I could see it from my front door every day. So knew nothing would happen to it. And for the two weeks she was gone, go to the office and they're like, well, uh, is this person staying with you? No, she just needs somewhere to put her car. You know, we've got tons of parking a lot. Like, well, it, it needs to really not, it needs to be moved or we'll mark it as abandoned. I'm like, <sighs> those people were just all batshit retarded. <laughs> so I did, I moved it, uh, I think twice while she was gone. I moved it into the spot next to it. And then I moved it back into the original spot the end but yeah parking's a nightmare i'm uh i yeah. hate it i hate the scarcity of it so i i got my parking permit for the rest of this fiscal year i have to get a new parking permit it wasn't nine hundred dollars this fiscal year it was nine hundred dollars nine hundred dollars what i have to pay for the next fiscal year's permit and uh they're like oh yeah those those run out fast why you know how many employees work here <laughs> Just like, yeah. I, f- I feel like a, a lot of this should be automated. Oh, you work in this yeah. building. It's near this, lo- this set of lots. Here's this sticker. Thank you. The end. No. So anyway, that's my issue, Tim. What's your ses- second and final issue this week? Here's what I don't get. <laughs> Leaving it up to the fans. Uh, Fans do a lot of hard menial work to fix the things or to make up for things that companies don't bother to do. Um, I have this, I bought this um, thing called a groove box mm-hmm. uh, a little while ago. Uh, it's a, it's an electron syntact and it's, it's not very big. Um, it's about, you know, an inch and a half tall, nine inches by seven, you know, so it's a tiny, basically what it is, it's a tiny computer that is also a synthesizer and a sequencer. Um, and it's and in, in order to be like super cool, it's got a lot of buttons in that small space. It's got, uh, 10 knobs that you can also, that are also buttons. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, eight, twenty-nine, thirty, about forty, thirty-five to forty-ish buttons. God, they're all labeled and also have functions, secondary functions assigned to them. Most so of them have a secondary function. So you hit shift and so, then it does the other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's this compact, really cool, powerful thing. 
and the user guide for it. Yeah, I'm I got it right here. It's uh 28 pages. Uh but that's a 5 by 5 booklet. 28 pages. It's not an actual book, it's a booklet, you know. Mm-hmm. And of course, the first page is like all about the company. And the second page is like the FCC compliance thing. The third page is like the legal disclaimer. And the fourth page is safety instructions for a synthesizer, right? And the don't fifth page is like your warning. Yeah, warning. Don't don't put this in a wrong power adapter. And then the next page, next two pages are the table of contents. So I'm already at page 10 before I even get to the introduction. So you got pages 10 through 28. So 18 pages, really. And it's in a small font with, no, it's readable, but it's got a lot of pictures in it because you need like all these flow charts of how, what button does what. And yet somehow with the 18 pages and diagrams, every time I turn this on, it feels like I barely know how to do this thing. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if I want to do this specific thing, how would I go about doing that? Can't consult the manual. Let me go to YouTube, type in the, the type in, you know, syntax and then be like how to trigger, uh, you know, th- this certain thing. And of course there's a video, someone's written a video, you know, someone's recorded it, written and recorded a video of how exactly how to do that thing. I could go to their subreddit and that's for like this small thing. This one particular thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you'd think that for a thousand, the $1,000 that I paid for this thing, this thing cost a thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. That I could get a freaking booklet. You'd think you'd be able to park in it. Yeah. <laughs> I could park in it or, um, yeah, you'd think I'd get like a tome. I, that's, that's what I want. I want a tome. I think you have to spend you know, like tens of thousands of dollars to get those, like the owner's I manual so. to your car. You know, that, that's, it, you know, a pretty hefty. If when you're, when you're buying like a lighting console or sound console and you're spending twenty thirty thousand $30,000, you'll get like a three uh-huh. ring binder. That has that's what I want. Yeah. yeah, all the stuff how to do it, and then you can, as you do updates and they change things, you can add those supplementary materials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, what that's I want. Ridiculous. I want a three ring binder or something. And so that's what got me thinking about this. And then the other thing was um, uh, the video game. What is it called? There's a video game database. Um, that is essentially a wiki mm-hmm. for PC games. Um, I'm trying to remember the name, <sighs> but it, it has all this information about particularly older games and how they run on PC. Like, mm. does this have widescreen support? Does this have ultra widescreen support? What resolutions does it um, support? Uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's, you would think that like, um, for like specific niche things like, like this, this synth, this syntax I have, it's a pretty niche object. You would think that like they could take care, um, of their small like, user to, base. 
yeah, take care of their small user base and put together like a cool, you know, the booklet and, you know, have that also be available as a PDF online. Um, to me, that's almost, but, that's almost more important. Like, cause it, a PDF online is searchable, right? So even if you buy yeah. this thousand dollar thing and you, it has a QR code and you scan it and that takes you directly to the, I mean, fuck these days, you could just put the QR code on the device, scan manual QR yeah. code, scan it. boom. <laughs> like I can't tell you how many times I've been working on something, gotten stuck with an issue, have to go online, find the manual for whatever thing it is I'm working, download it, scroll, scroll around, try and find it. What I'm doing is actually even possible. You know, I, if it would be so much easier instead of having to be like, well, what, what model is this? Which one is this? Is this the right manual? You just, there's a QR code just laser etched into the bottom of it at the back. It'd be amazing. You know, okay. Okay. It didn't come with a big manual, but it does have a big manual. It's just online. Yeah. And you know, in this day and age, I could totally understand that. So the thing I was thinking of was the PC gaming wiki Mm -hmm. and you know, you go to their website, the front page, PC gaming wiki aims to fix to list fixes and workarounds for every single PC game, every single one. So I typed in the first thing I thought of was cause I'm talking to you. The first thing I thought of was postal two. Yeah. So I typed in postal two and I'm, I'm looking at the wiki page for it. First thing is warnings. The Mac OS X version of this game does not work on Mac OS Catalina version 10.15 or later due to removal of support for 32 bit only apps. It's the first thing they tell you. That's that's like probably the most like often error someone will run into in this game, right? Key points. Yep. All games, all postal games have a developer that still actively supports their games. Running on modern systems is very easy. Still has active modding scene and community that has, has added a lot of content over many years. Due to the age of the engine, having very high speed single core CPU performance is recommended to reduce slowdown in high effects and physics situations. Like these are like for the people that care, these are like the first questions you have when you're even like thinking about playing a game. Yeah. That and then literally after that is the official manual, the link to the game's own the the postal wiki, a fairly active community hub, a modding site specifically for that game, uh other forums, community discussions for the games, the support page for the GOG uh version, the Steam community discussions. Like every single piece of information you could possibly ever want is somewhere in there. And then they go the, the, like the, you know, there's all the regular information, the developers, the publishers, and even what engine it's on, the release dates, there was set the Metacritic, you know, um, then what they call taxonomy, which is, uh, you know, it's mode, excuse me, the modes, the pacing, the perspectives, the controls, what genre it is, the art style, the themes it has. Um, they go over, they go over the moon and they, they have every single available version of the game. So like the retail version, like if you, for some reason you bought a DVD version of this and you still have it, or you bought off eBay, you know, it tells you some copies use this safe disc three DRM. Some use this DRM primarily Russian copies. Some use secure ROM. Other use simple disc checks. It tells you what OS you can run that on. And it's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different, you know, available versions of this one game, the complete, and it has notes for everything. And then it even links the old demos of the game. 
And then the version differences is their DLC. Here's what they're called. Here's where you can get them, which versions it's available for. And then like essential improvements. Here's like regular, here's, you know, all the patches that ever had. Here's unofficial patches. Here's like fan-made DLC that is real good. And I, it, like, here's the save game data location. Here's where the configuration files are. He, does the game have a uh, cloud syncing? You know, and then like I'm not even halfway through this wiki page for this one game. But it's all the information you could possibly ever need about something. And the fans made it. Of course they did, because they're the only people that care. Like that's yeah. Nobody cares about the product that they make anymore. They they just uh, yeah, just, yeah. just just shit it out. Just, Once you have the money, yeah. yeah. We'll we'll just. I mean, I think that's why. Like going back to the talk about movies, that's why Tom Cruise movies are all watchable because he actually gives a shit. He cares. Yeah, <laughs> which is funny. You, you funny you say that before the movie, like after the trailers, before the movie started, they play, played a video of him just being like, I really want to thank you for coming and actually seeing the movie out in a theater. Uh, A lot of people worked on it hard. Uh, We hope you enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, like, like the mission, it wasn't the director. It wasn't the, yeah, it wasn't the director of the movie. Uh, It was the executive producer. (laughs) Yeah. The mission impossible movies, like they're, they're at their core, just kind of an, an action schlock, but they all have, you know, silly over the top scripts, but they have scripts that are like logical and consistent and the plot moves along as the characters learn things. They don't really, they don't really have character. And there's arcs. Fun twists. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the mission impossible movies aren't really a movie about character. They're about the stunts and you know, the plot and the pacing. So you can kind of let the character stuff slide. Um, and the exposition's a little heavy-handed on those, but like Tom Cruise is a person that cares about what he's making. That's why he does all the physical stunts. That's why he produces the stuff he produces. Um, and then conversely, you look at something like uh, Fast and Furious with uh, what's his name, <laughs> Vin, Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel just doesn't seem to care about like what those movies are about or what's happening. They just, they just keep happening. Um, and he's just in them and that's all he does anymore. He doesn't do anything where he's not the one in charge and making sure he does the coolest stuff. Uh, and so, you know, you compare the two of those and then you compare them to just like the average movie going experience and nobody cares, but the fans do that. That's why, that's why, you know, memory alpha, memory beta exists with uh, yeah, hyper autistic yeah. write-ups of every episode of Star Trek that's ever been made. And mm-hmm. they make these technical manuals that people scour through to figure out how the transporters work. Like those, those when Star Trek was being made by people that cared, they produced technical manuals so they could be like, this is the way the yep. transporters work. This is the way the phasers work. This is the way creating a warp field works. Like... All of Here's that. the layout of the ships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas now it's just like our, our ship looks neat. You know, there's no there's no technical manual for the Star Wars stuff. Not that not to say that that's because no. people don't care. It's because it's a different type of genre. But yes, the, the 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 stuff that they make now with Star Wars, nobody cares about. That's why you know video games 
come out with horrifically buggy and all kinds of problems when they first launch because they're like, oh, we got to get to this launch date. It doesn't really matter what happens as long as we get it out on the launch date. And we'll just kind of fix it as we go. And we'll let the players be the beta testers and the players figure out that this game is hopelessly broken. Yeah. yeah they're going to buy it anyway. They're, these dumbasses will go buy Starfield on its first fucking weekend. <laughs> we don't have to work extra hard. Uh, so yeah, don't buy Starfield opening weekend. Uh, you know, wait a year before you buy Starfield. If every fucking Bethesda fan waited a year to buy that game, I uh, would probably put the company under, but it would fucking teach them a lesson about <laughs> releasing horrible, horribly buggy and broken games and then just slowly fixing them and leaving massive problems even a year after its release and you've kind of stopped supporting it. So I have to go download, uh, you know, fallout Four's unofficial patch where the fans have fixed the problems that were left in for you. So yeah, that's a great issue, Tim. Thank you. Well, uh, you have anything more you want to say about leaving it for the fans? I just don't like how it's become the norm, you know? Yeah, it's definitely become the norm. Cheap, easy. Uh, yeah. Well, this has been Here's What I Don't Get. I'm Tab Burt. I'm Jim the Handlebreaker. See you guys next week. See ya. Here's got Holland call us at 704-750-9434 and tell us what you don't get. Or you can visit us uh, in the Discord under the voicemail upload. Uh, we've got actually we actually have one from the the voicemail right now from the Discord. Let me pull it up. What up, guys? Here's what I don't get: uh, people who hate superglue because. Uh, duh, I don't know which glue to use. Uh, Tab, I think you hit the liquid nail on the head when you talked about epoxy because two-part epoxy would have solved the problem and held for years and years. Um, I use super glue when I do 3D printing, and those things have held together for many a year. So, yeah, don't super glue something that is supposed to hold weight. Super glue doesn't have a very good tensile strength. It's like, oh, I tried to super glue my TV to the wall and it didn't work, so super glue sucks. And whoever had their producer request to put Andy as a co-host, especially if it was Andy himself, needs to burn in hell. Because I've only got 12, well, now 10 podcasts left of this show and you ruined one of them, so fuck you. Um, I am at the stage of grieving uh, that they call bargaining so tab what's it gonna take how high do us fans need to get the patreon so that you'll keep making the show like we can band together we can do this guys we got this um also i made a like a foot and a half tall giant lego skeleton that is held together with super glue held together just fine it's doing great and it's pretty awesome. And Tab, if we can band to get the show high enough, I will send you that giant Lego skeleton. Uh, picture included in the voicemail channel so you can see it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Did Anyways, you, have a good one, guys. Did you go take a look at that in the Discord, Tim? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. He it also is. has a picture of his cat. For scale. 
I think there's a there's a thing of Burt's Bees next to it for scale, which is very convenient because I always have Burt's Bees in my pocket. I was gonna say, I think I think did you just that was you using a voice changer? I think. <laughs> Uh, the, as far as like, if, if everybody, if people got Tim to move to St. Louis, we could keep doing the show. I mean, the, 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 the cost would be moving me to, yeah, moving would be moving me and like the cost of, I don't know what rent. Yeah. Until I find a, until I find a job there. Yeah. So, uh, get, get you on with the, uh, call list out here. Although apparently it's really, really hard to get in touch with local six cause they suck. So a lot of people work for the non-union, uh, stage hand groups. Uh, I, yeah, I could, I could be a scab. Yeah. All right. Here's one from the voicemail hotline. Hey guys, dead home here and just came back from a, you know, whatever, too fucking long of a trip to Kentucky. Here's what I don't get. Arkansas drivers. So, you know, normal people through Oklahoma, Tennessee, Kentucky, Texas, all those normal states. You turn your turn signal on about 500 feet before you brake. What they do there is they fucking slam their brakes and then turn on their turn signal and fucking turn violently into where they turn. Uh, have to deal with that. And then truckers were, uh, I like to call it retard drag racing because they have governor to 75 there. So they try to motherfuck each other and pass in front of one another, which took three and a half fucking minutes. So instead of getting through that shithole of a state uh, in, like, you know, an hour, it took about an hour and 45 minutes long, you know, all together to get after a little rock to get through there. Um, fuck Arkansas drivers. Learn to drive, you fucking small road heaven suckers. And you guys stay serious. I was uh, I was getting pretty frustrated with truckers on Sunday trying to get to St. Louis. I kept I was cruising along and I kept having semis pull into the left lane to like pass another semi going five miles an hour faster than they were under the speed limit. And I was just <laughs> uh, I was about to lose it. At one point though, this was great. This was like the best part of the trip. At one point, um, I was I always had my cruise control set at like seventy nine miles an hour or something and. This guy passes me going easily 115 or 120. So I slid out behind him, let him get about a quarter mile ahead of me, and then got up to just above 100. And I stayed in sight of him for about 15 or 20 minutes before he finally like got so far ahead that I couldn't see him anymore. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to back back down to my normal speed. But in that time, I had shaved like 10 minutes off of my ETA. And so about an hour later, I'm passing through this small town and who do I see pulled over? Yeah. Uh, I, I felt bad for him because he was, he was, <laughs> you know, he was going very, very fast. He wasn't being like an asshole and, and running up sure. on anyone. But, uh, it's like, I, I thought, I thought that guy was like a professional driver. You know, I have, I have a radar <laughs> detector, so I'm, I've got a little bit of a, a warning when the cops are around, but even still, I don't excessively speed like that it's probably a huge ticket because like i said yeah. when he passed me he was he was going like 120 one 110 120 and i because i was having trouble nice. keeping up with him going i like i think i got all the way up to 105 at one point and Man. uh i kept getting boxed in by traffic and but he kept getting boxed in by traffic uh, so but the the semis that kept yeah, you know, speed limit through Missouri is seventy, and they kept pulling out 
passing the guy next to him going 65. And I was just like, you guys, you couldn't wait four seconds for me to pass you before you made this maneuver. Nothing but love to our truckers, though. Sage, I don't work at a pizza hut or any chains for that matter. So hopefully that helps with your search. I don't know why I would start my day off at a great job just to end it in my day at a crappy job. So I work at a quality restaurant, a place where a $10 pizza would cost 25 where I work. So basically we attract quality customers who pay well, tip really well. Basically people who are not you, Sage. I go eat at places like, I go eat at places such as like Ocean Prime for a $150 tomahawk steak. Well, you go to Applebee's five minutes before they close and get the $10 sliver of something that came from some various animal. Anyways, I may not be working there much longer. I found a cigar bar that I like that is hiring part-time work, so I may move my part-time work over there. Another quality place that doesn't attract people like you, Sage. Uh... I almost went Ouch. to Applebee's last night. Why? Because it was close and it was open. Did you want to go see Top Gun? I did want to go see Top Gun. No, I, <laughs> I left my Airbnb. I'm like near this little neighborhood. I left my Airbnb and uh, the the like strip in the neighborhood is just a couple blocks away. So I, I was going to go to this um, walk place. Then walk was in the name. I don't remember what the first word in it was, but you know, fucking Chinese food can't yeah. go wrong. And uh, so I get over to the Chinese food place and they have a sign in the window. It's like, we're going to be closed from June 17th through the 26th or something. <laughs> it's like, fuck. So then I look across the street and there's a, a brasserie. Um, and I was like, all right, well, I'll try that then. I go in there and they seat me. And I sat there for about 15 minutes. The lady came after about six minutes and took my drink order. And then it took them about 10, 10 minutes to make that drink and, and bring it to me. And in that time I had time to peruse the menu. And when she asked me for my drink order, I was actually ready to order food. Um, but she just says, I was like, I'll try your old fashioned. She goes, oh, you, you got it. And then just poof, gone. <laughs> so, so I'm like waiting and waiting, and waiting. And I was about to leave when they sit my drink down in front of me. So I drank the, the old fashioned that was fucking terrible. And, uh, paid for that. And I just left cash on the table and left like, and I ended up going to a place called chicken cone or cone chicken or something like that, where they serve. Yeah. Can you, you tell me, you told me a little bit of this. Can you please explain this? So they take I'm a confused. waffle cone, like an ice cream cone and they fill it up with, with like boneless wings that are covered in sauce. And then you eat the boneless wings out of the cone. Why? I, I don't know, but it was delicious. You had like the sweetness <laughs> of the waffle cone with the, I had like a garlic Parmesan uh, sauce on mine and uh, that yeah. like kind of sweet kind of as tangy flavor. Fucking good. They had like all kinds of different sauces I, you could put on there too. I just find the, the combination weird. It's like Pringles, right? Mm -hmm. The story of the story about Pringles is that a guy got a bunch of, tennis ball cans shit like a truck full of tennis ball cans he's like no i make potatoes hold on a minute right yeah uh it's like it's like that place is a chicken place they got an ice cream place's order like here's all your waffle cones we're at chicken place hold on a minute yeah no they made it they made it work though the huh. 
not gonna not gonna trash it. So, but yeah, uh, those are those have been my adventures in St. Louis so far. That and cool. uh, I I got some cardboard and I have a sign that says "We'll do theater work for food for housing." We'll do theater work <laughs> for housing. I've been standing on the side yeah. of the road. Uh, so well, that's it. That's uh, all our voicemails this week. So. Thanks to everyone who called in. Uh, got nine more episodes. Hopefully, we're going to be doing the rest of these episodes on YouTube. Um, Hopefully. But that's going to take some amount of different technology. I may end up fucking driving back to Tulsa on Saturday. <sighs> Which would suck because it'd be 12 hours of driving. Yep. Um but I'd get off work at noon so I could leave, drive to Tulsa, get the gear, drive back, and then go to work on Sunday morning. Although I'll probably, I actually probably can't do that because I have to work until after midnight on Friday and be back at work at 7 a.m. on Saturday. So that's probably a no go. Anyway, I'll figure something out. Piece of shit task cam recorder. So. Well, until next time, guys. See you.